As early as The Big Trail, Wayne's character almost always has a sure and certain knowledge of the right thing to do, and is indifferent to or impatient with the squabbling that goes on all around him. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is John Wayne of whom we speak in that particular reference. Uh, and I know that uh, nowadays in our post-postmodern world, John Wayne is perhaps not the hero in people's eyes that he once was. Uh, however, I will tell you that if you read this particular biography, um, it's a little thick. I'm not going to lie. Um, this is one of those books that's almost as deep as it is tall, which you could perhaps <laughs> say about John Wayne. You'll understand that after you read the book. Uh, the title is John Wayne, The Life and Legend, and it is written by Scott Iman. Scott Iman is a great um, biographer. He's a, he's, a, he's a true biographer in that he writes biographies uh, with uh, the right amount of of, of, of kind of passion and interest and, uh, but without overlaying some sort of a, of a slant through the whole thing. And, uh, and he's written on, uh, he, he's written biographies on, uh, a lot of Hollywood people, Cary Grant. Uh, I know he wrote one, uh, he wrote one on John Ford, the, the famous director. And that was how he ended up. I think it was the John Ford biography that led him to the John Wayne uh, writing because the two of them uh, ha had a long and interesting history together. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, John Wayne, the life and legend, Scott Iman. If you read it, you may you may come away uh, like like many well written biographies. Sometimes you come away with a little bit better understanding of who the person was and what they were about. Now, uh, it always struck me that you know there's a wh whatever you think about. John Wayne in real life, if you don't like the political propaganda that was woven into some of his films or, you know, whatever the thing is. But, the, what, but there's one thing about all of his characters, pretty much all of them, that, um, that always stands out, even when his character wasn't necessarily a good guy, good guy. I mean, he was always the hero, but sometimes he was kind of the anti-hero, right? But, but there was something about him that all, his characters, that they always knew the right thing to do. There wasn't any, ever any, well, you know, I, like he, they always knew the right thing to do. And, and, uh, those characters, they always proceeded to do the right thing. Um, uh, really at, at whatever risk it posed to themselves or to, um, you know, whatever they had to do to, uh, to do the right thing, typically in the interest of, of other people, um, that was what they did, and they didn't hesitate. So let's just hold on to that thought for a couple of minutes, because then we're going to come back to that. Uh, but first, there's a lot that's happened since last week when we when we last spoke. Uh, there's a new war. Uh, well, some you you could say maybe it's not a new war, uh, but anyway, there's a war in the Middle East. Uh, more, I guess, more accurately. The Fertile Crescent, and um, which, by the way, the, the Fertile Crescent has kind of a interesting tie into the episode uh, from a, from a few weeks ago. I guess it was I don't know what was it. Um, let's see here, one eighty seven, number one eighty seven. What am I on right now? One ninety one. So a few back. 
The one, the one about uh, where I where I took you on the tour of the, the development of human civilization, uh, which I did in as an efficient manner as I could, uh, and I recognized also that it was probably very amateur, and probably caused some wincing among experts. Nonetheless, it was my best effort, and um, and something that I didn't mention too much in that in that history, but this this fertile crescent. Which, uh, for those of you who maybe are not as familiar with what that means or where that is, uh, or maybe maybe you say, yeah, you know, I, I've heard that, but I'm not really sure. Uh, I'm looking here at history.com. Uh, I wanted to look at uh, I, I, uh, I wanted to look at National Geographic, but they wanted me to subscribe. So here I am on history.com, and it says the Fertile Crescent is the boomerang-shaped region of the Middle East. That was home to some of the earliest human civilizations, also known as the Cradle of Civilization. Um, This area was the birthplace of a number of technological innovations, including riding the wheel, agriculture, and the use of irrigation. Uh, uh, It includes ancient Mesopotamia. And then it goes on to explain how these things... um, So remember in, in the story about, you know, humans progressing and... Uh, when they started, uh, when we started, you know, settlements and uh, things of that nature. Um, They talk about that here. The Sumerians, not the Sumerians, but the Sumerians. Uh, The origins of the Sumer civilization are debated, but archaeologists suggest that uh, they had roughly a dozen city-states by the fourth millennium BC. So that's something like 6,000 years ago. They were... uh, they were already setting up those city-states, which uh, later would learn to go into war with each other. And that's, uh, ironically, uh, we're still doing. This episode is not going to be about uh, what's happening uh, in, in Israel and, and the Gaza Strip right now. Uh, firstly, because it's not that it really doesn't really fit the theme of the show. Not that that's ever stopped me from finding some way to go down a particular road. Um, but also because I don't, I'm not really, I don't feel like I have enough expertise to share thoughts on that uh, beyond perhaps uh, the guys at the bar where I will be hanging out later this evening, coincidentally, because I have a friend who insists on watching the Astros. And, uh, you know, I'm okay with that as long as we get to eat and drink while we're doing it. Uh, so I don't, I don't feel like it's not really my place to comment too much on this. In fact, you know, maybe head on over to Jordan Driscoll's show. I don't know what he has planned for this week, but maybe uh, it's more in his wheelhouse, as they say. But I do, it does, hmm, it, it, just, it doesn't seem right. It just, it seems like I can't, I can't do something this week and not, it's just so, so present in, in what's happening in the world right now that I can't just ignore it. Uh, I can't not comment on it. Uh, so at, uh, um, much like, uh, John Wayne's characters would proceed with doing the right thing, even at risk of their own peril. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to try to follow in their footsteps and, um, and I'm going to bring it around to the, to the theme of this show. And, and I think I'm go- what I'm going to try to do is share with you something that helps me make, you know, kind of navigate whatever might be happening or whatever might be getting said or whatever, you know, trying to, because one of the things that we, 
that we deal with so much nowadays. And I guess it's it's not so much nowadays, but um, I mean, it's always been a thing. But perhaps maybe it's intensified now. We we those of us who are largely spectators to whatever might be happening in the world, whether it's a whether it's you know. Uh, um, uh, wars or pandemics or uh, financial crises. Those of us who are spectators, we, um, you know, we just try to, we're trying to figure out what, what in the hell is going on and what should I think about it? You know, I know what other people think. I, you know, people are screaming on social media what they think, but like, what do I think about this? And how do I, and, you know, it's, it's ironic because we have so much, we have access to so much more information and, you know, um, Whatever, and yet that um, that does that that seems to just make it worse, and and we're never really sure what's real. So, um, so with all these kinds of things, it's it's a lot of times it's hard to figure out what to think, and it also applies to things like what's happening with the the oil and gas industry today, and and you know the evil empire and the people who, who hate it and and energy transition and all these things. So anyway, so let me, so let me, uh, so that's kind of where I'm headed, but let me back up a little bit. Um, it, it is, uh, it's true that we have access to so much more, uh, but, but we're still not like most of the time. If you're like me, it's hard to figure out what's real. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, like I said before, I don't think that's new. I think there have always been people who want to do things that, you know, kind of under the cover of something else, or they want to do one thing and have everybody think that it's something else, or they want to maybe, or maybe they want people, there's something that someone else is doing and they want people to think something they want to, they want to shape public opinion about whatever that thing is. So this is nothing new. Um, you know, so, so they mislead, they distort, they spin, right? Until eventually people end up thinking something different from whatever's really going on. I, you know, I think that's, people have been doing that for, since time immemorial, as uh, they used to say on The Sopranos. Um, the difference is now, I think, that there's so many more methods and tools for, for doing this this uh, hand-waving and, and misdirecting and, and things like that. So, um, so now we have, we have this, this war, uh, not the, I'm not, I'm not speaking of the war in Israel. Uh, I, there's a war against anything that gets said, uh, like, like in the public square. Uh, if it, it isn't, there's a war against anything that gets said in the public square. If it isn't perfectly accurate or truthful or presented with the right motives, the proper motives, um, and uh, and we're all we're on the lookout for disinformation. We're all on the lookout, and 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 we and we we're like we're obsessed. We're almost more obsessed with the fact checking and the disinformation proving and whatever than we are with you know whatever the, the actual thing is. And we're on the lookout for it because nobody should be allowed to spread anything that isn't true. And we must stomp it out. We must we must root it out and stomp it out and kill it. All this business of people saying shit that isn't true. They shouldn't be allowed to do that because we have to make it safe for everyone. That's the thing. 
Well, not that I'm advocating for people saying things that aren't true, but here's kind of how I see this. Um, you know, sometimes people deliberately mislead for seemingly good reasons. Um, so where, where I'm going with this is there's all sorts of reasons why people might end up communicating something that isn't true and they're not all nefarious. Uh, sometimes people deliberately mislead uh, people for what, what's, what, what is a good intention. Um, for example, have any of you ever been in management in a company? If you have any company, large or small, if you have, then you have been in those conversations where you talk about what are we, you know, what's happening and what are we going to tell people? What are we going to tell our shareholders? What do we tell the employees? What do we tell the public? And, uh, and you know, it gets dressed up as uh, messaging, but really it's just spin. Um, in, but that doesn't mean the motives are bad necessarily. They might be, but it, does, but just, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the motives are, uh, are bad. And let's, lest we all become high and mighty, we all do this. We all do this in our lives. Um, have you ever said this one? Let's not tell the kids we don't want them to worry, right? Or, or uh, here's one that will probably hit close to home for, this, for, for, for a few guys out there. I'm not telling my wife I don't want her to get the wrong idea, which is, and, that, and that's different from saying, I'm not telling my wife because I don't want her to know what I've done, right? I don't want her to get the wrong idea. Um, so we all, the point is that um, everybody at various levels, on the individual level all the way up through various organizational structures, everybody is at some point involved in uh, conveying something that may not be exactly what it is. Now, um, and it happens all the time. And sometimes the reasons, and sometimes the motives are bad, and sometimes the motives are good. Um, but I think... What, what I want to say about that is that this whole war now against wrong information, it's a, it's a ginormous waste of effort. Um, and it's a, I think it's a distraction in a lot of cases um, because it's always been there. It always will be there. There, there has always been and will always be um, some amount of Things being said that aren't really what they are, whether it's deliberate or whether it's mistaken, you know, like in the uh, old movie scene, you know, probably in some John Wayne movies, right? There's always the one guy that goes, well, we thought you were dead, you know, to which the guy replies something like, well, you've been sadly misinformed. You know, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't mean that somebody misinformed them on purpose to trick them in some way, you know, who knows why they ended up thinking this guy was dead, but that's what everybody thought until it turns out that he wasn't nowadays. So if you, misinformation is a, a it's a capital offense. We can't have missing all these people running around with their misinformation. Um, you know, I, and by the way, folks, uh, it used to be, if you look it up in the older dictionaries, as I am wont to do, you'll find that misinformation is just something that is incorrect or inaccurate, uh, not necessarily with respect to any motive or ill intent. Uh, then you will find the other word, disinformation, and that's when somebody is intentionally trying to mislead somebody else, and it's usually attributed to, you know, some sort of government thing. Uh, 
Um, but but now, now I think we use the words interchangeably and, and it's all evil. But I really think we're just trying to fix the wrong thing. All of that shit's out there. It's always out there. It's always been out there. So, um, so saying that we want to root it out and stomp it out and, and it, it become preoccupied with all that, it's kind of like saying, um, let's see, I'm, re- I'm reaching for one of my analogies. Uh, it, okay, it's like saying that we want to make the ocean perfectly calm so that sailors aren't thrown off course. Because sailors get thrown off course. And so the solution is that we need to make the ocean safe for the sailors. That's what we need to do. We need to get rid of all of the, of the storms and the waves and the cloudy skies that don't let you see the stars and whatever other things are preventing them from having an easy time of it. We need to, that's what we need to fix. We need to fix their environment. We need to make the ocean calm. That's the solution. That's how we fix it. No, you are solving the wrong problem. The solution is that a good sailor learns how to navigate with the winds and the waves and the storms. A good sailor learns how to navigate. Um, And I think it's more important that we individual humans learn how to navigate. And that brings us back to what I said earlier, which was, it's hard to tell, you know, there's all this shit out there and you're trying to figure out what is really real. Who, what are the motives? Um, You know, what should I be behind? Whose side should I be on? And just about the time, you know, you think that you got it pretty well sorted out, then there's some new revelation, some new information, some something, something new that casts doubt. And so here we are. And this O'Sullivan guy says that we need to be good sailors and we need to learn how to navigate. Uh, but it seems damn near impossible most of the time because there's just too much to sort through and too much uh, unknown and doubt and whatnot. Well, listen, I get it. But I do think, I do think that it is possible to a large extent to navigate just by keeping certain things in the forefront of our thinking. And now since we have a a new war that's that's happening and it's in the news, I'm going to use war as an example. Now, um, let me start by saying I'm going to, I'm using this as an illustration. Uh, The fact is that war is bad. War is just always bad. Um, There's suffering, there's death. Um, I'm not saying... I'm not, I'm not making a statement as to whether wars ought or ought not be fought. I'm just saying that war does bad things to people. And it's bad enough when, um, you know, it's bad enough when people play by the rules, so to speak. Um, it's really bad when they don't. And, um, and that's when we hear about horrible things being done and atrocities. And, and, um, and by the way, if you look back through history, Nobody's hands are really clean on that front, but um, certainly, certainly there are, um, and there are examples. Uh, it, I'm sure if you're watching the news, you're hearing hearing all about that now. So I don't, I just want to, I don't want to m- minimize that, but I want to use war as an example um, because there is never, whatever, whatever, whoever's telling the story. There's never a perfectly perfectly clean, sterile version of what's happening. Um, everything is seen through somebody's eyes, and everything is 
is described from various motives. Um, uh, and there's another thing, which is, uh, so, you know, my, my point there is things are many, oftentimes not what they seem. Sometimes they're better, sometimes they're worse. Uh, and, and there's also a difference. There's a difference between the cause, the cause, I mean, like, let's say many people fight a war for a particular cause or they become aggressive, right? So maybe it's not necessarily a war, but I'm talking about warlike situations, right? So, so there's, a, there's a difference between the cause and the methods. So sometimes uh, people might become aggressive for a good cause, but then they use bad methods. Maybe they use really bad methods. Um, likewise, the other way around, um, someone might be playing by the rules, right? Because there's rules of engagement and there's international law. And somebody might be playing by the rules, but the cause, the motivation, the reason is actually corrupt because there's corruption out there. So um, then, okay, so just... I'm just going to keep going a little bit before I, before I kind of bring all this together. So we have, uh, there's never really a perfectly clean version of the story. We have, you know, um, you know, good causes and bad methods and good methods and bad causes. And, and then we have the varying perspectives of all those involved, right? Um, you know, for, here, let me, as an example, the generals may know the generals might know that their supreme leader has evil intentions, uh, but the soldiers, those guys usually believe that they're doing good, right? I mean, every 19-year-old German kid fighting in the 1940s probably believed that he was fighting for his country. Um, so all that's to say, how do we really know what's going on? Or why what's going on is, is going on? Or who should we be mad at? How do we know? Who should we be mad at? I mean, because it seems like we should be mad at someone, but we can't quite figure out, you know, well, so you could do it the easy way, which is to just follow along with whoever's in your echo chamber, you know, pick an echo chamber, throw yourself in there, and it will always be clear to you who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Uh, so that's, that's the uh, popular way, I guess. Uh, but if you want to do it, if you want to do it right and uh, you want to really figure out what's real and then, you know, form your opinions around that, well, then it's true. You got your work cut out for you. But here's something that you should probably realize. It's always been that way. It always will be that way because humans don't really change. Our capacity for error on the one hand or ill intent on the other hand those particular qualities of being human have not diminished in the slightest. So what does all of this have to do with oil field ingenuity? Well, nothing. Well, almost nothing. But a little something. And here it is. You know how on this show and on uh, many of the other OGGN podcasts, we frequently tell the stories, the great stories of our industry and all the smart people and all the hard problems and all the great things that have been done for mankind. And, you know, I am happy to carry that flag as much as anybody else. Um, so we tell those stories and then we are bombarded by all this other stuff. 
about the evil empire and how fossil fuels are accelerating the catastrophe. And you knew this was going to happen, and you deceived us for all of these bad motives that you had. And, uh, and we get, you know, when we hear all this, and it seems like everybody's going along with it. So then, you know, it's a little bit uh, confusing, perhaps disheartening. And, you know, we start to uh, question things. And this, by the way, is where, where that bit comes in about uh, John Wayne and his characters, uh, the characters that he played, which always seemed to know the right thing to do. They were certain of the right thing to do. And they, they didn't care too much about all the noise that people were making. They weren't bothered by the fact that people... Um, you know, uh, that people thought that they were doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons. Uh, these characters knew the right thing and, and they did it and they didn't care about the noise. And I, I think, you know, there's not too many of us anymore these days that are good at that. Uh, and, and, you know, I don't know, maybe there weren't, maybe, maybe, maybe it's only in the movies. Um, but, you know, I think we could use a little more of that. Uh, but instead, we start to wonder and question and we think, well, shit, maybe that's really how it is. Maybe that's really what we ought to be doing. Um, you know, because everybody seems to be going along. And pretty soon, something that five minutes ago was up for debate is now suddenly an established fact. And people, uh, and, and then in the middle of all that, people get mad you know, these people get mad at those people for what they say, and everyone gets fact-checked and called out, and we're on this crusade to ensure accuracy, which is really just code for narrative. And as we go through all of that, if you, so if, if you're one of, those, uh, one of those people who's actually trying to keep a level head, and if you're really trying hard to maintain a balanced point of view... Uh, then you start to realize that it's all a giant shit show. So, here's, here's what I wanted to tell you. This is what I do. Or what I try to do anyway. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to my, to my sailing analogy. So, when you're out there, you're out there in the wind and the waves. And you hear about secret internal memos. Uh and cover-ups and seemingly nefarious motives of the people in our uh, beloved industry, um, then it helps. It, it can give you a compass to know the big facts and to keep the big facts in mind. That's your compass. Uh, because, yes, there is so much that we don't know, but there are some things that we do know. Uh, it's like a sailor a good sailor who says, you know, this crazy ass wind has me all turned around, but I do know that right there is the North star and the North star points North. Damn it. I know that. So that's the big fact for him, for the sailor. There's probably some other ones, but one example is enough. So I call these the big facts, the big facts. So with respect to, our beloved oil and gas industry and fossil fuels and hydrocarbons, here's what we know to be true. And these are all things you've heard me say before, but I'm, 
you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm bringing it all, I'm bringing it all home now, folks. Here's what we know to be true. The production of hydrocarbons drove progress, crazy progress, progress like it had never been seen before, changed how, how people live for the better in ways that it would take a whole nother, you know, it would take hours to explain. We do know that the production of hydrocarbons drove progress. We also know that along the way, concerns emerged about environment and safety and, and things like that. Um, these concerns emerged not just in the last few years, but, but, but even going back the 60s and 70s. Um, and, and we know, so we know that. We know that there were some mishaps along the way that made these concerns not for nothing. Uh, some of those mishaps were bad. Uh, that we know. And we know that the industry responded and continues to respond to those concerns. If you, I've said this before, if you look at how we do things now compared to even 20 years ago, much less 50 years ago, it's a world of difference. Um, so the industry responded to the concerns and continues to respond. And with these improvements that have been made over the years, right up until the most recent ones, we are damn close to good enough relative to these concerns. And I've talked about that too. So, so again, the big facts. Production of hydrocarbons drove unbelievable progress and advancement. Concerns came along about safety and environment. The industry responded, the industry continues to respond, and with the improvements, we're getting pretty close to actually alleviating the concerns in their entirety. Those are the big facts. Now, there are other details along the way. There are, there are things about motives and mishaps and misinformation. Uh, those are also facts. They are. But the truth is, in the grand scheme and what actually matters, the reality is that some facts are bigger than others. Yeah.